The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, coming to you live from various locations. Verizon's Hans Vesper joins us this hour on their earnings earlier this morning. Dow's down about 3% for the week. Stocks will watch closely today as Georgia starts to relax restrictions, giving us some clues as to how consumers may react to that. Durable's down 14 was uh, below estimates. Uh, June WTI holding 17 as energy is the only uh, positive sector for the week, Jim. And a lot of discussion about uh, 2,800. Are we range bound? Where's the ceiling right now? Uh, markets giving uh, all kinds of important clues. Uh, yeah, it's funny. These, a lot of these analysts, we follow them for a long time. They kind of wait and wait and wait until there's a moment where they can go negative. And I think that there are enough companies that have done well, uh, and as the market went up, these guys were itching to downgrade. I, I have I have every piece of research in front of me, and I don't have an upgrade. Uh, I just have downgrade, 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 because the stocks run, and it gives these analysts a chance to be able to say, "Ah, oh, I'm so lucky." It went from twenty nine thousand down down to eighteen. It bounced back, and now I can get off and not <laughs> not look bad. And that's the that's the whole tone of this morning. Uh, I find it, it curious because. I, I think that in general, the, the companies have done a pretty good job. It's just that they like to pull their forecasts because who the heck knows if Dr. Gottlieb doesn't know what's going to happen. Why should I expect these guys to know what happens? So those who keep downgrading on the idea that you pull that the companies have pulled the guidance. I think that's a silly exercise. Get you nowhere. Yeah, uh, I mean, we do have. The two upgrades that I saw, Jim, were eBay and Peloton, obviously, uh, (laughs) you know, leaping on to the ongoing dynamic that we're all going to stay at home. We're going to shop online. We're going to exercise in our basements. Well, well, there is a wait. There's a long wait for Peloton. That's what the analysts are doing. They call and it's like they see you can't get one to June. So they upgrade uh, really value added. eBay, by the way, that was an interesting piece because it's basically saying, listen, traditional retail, something that David talks a lot about, is just being laid to waste. (laughs) So therefore, hey, eBay, I, there was one for Etsy, too. I've got one, another one. Traditional retail, no good. Etsy, oh, look at this. Traditional retail, no good. Wayfair. I mean, we ought to just set up a, this. We ought to do a squawkonthestreet.com. We can sell old clothes. We can do garage sales. And we'll be recommended by these analysts. Yeah, well, Etsy is doing a big business, of course, in face masks, as you know. eBay yes. is going to have that new CEO, Mr. Ainon, taking over on Monday. I believe it's Wednesday that they report earnings at eBay, and it has had something of a resurgence given, yes. of course, current conditions, as you say. Meanwhile, as we, got, as we know, guys, old retail continues to be in very deep trouble. I mean, it's no surprise, of course, what we hear from JCPenney. In fact, even in a normal environment, we might not have been surprised to see the company preparing perhaps for the likes yeah. of bankruptcy. But it's not alone in this, given uh, how difficult it is for so many retail establishments to do anything when many of them are closed. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that one of the things that we have to start thinking about with JCPenney is not the stock, not the bonds, but the tremendous number of people who work there. 
And what is, what's right. going to happen to them? There's 43 million people that work in retail restaurant. What happens to those people? I mean, they get unemployment claims. And then I mean, you've been a salesperson at JCPenney forever. What's your next move? I, I don't know. Uh, when we had a great economy, the answer is, well, you just look at, you just make some calls, you go to Craigslist, for heaven's sake. But now I don't know what happens with someone who's laid off. By the way, David, there's a note today about Ralph Lauren and whether people have changed tastes, uh, almost as if since this virus started, like people don't even wear, they don't even wear ties when they go to work, Ralph Lauren ties and clothes. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it is Friday, Jim. Yeah, and what kind of shoes we were you got over there? The New York Stock Exchange. But you're wearing expensive you shoes. It's not Saturday, I David. I am wearing shoes. Right? I, I mean, you're not wearing it's shorts. Not Saturday, Are you I in your box? Are you in your Friday Tommy call. John's it's, with no wedgies? It's casual Friday. Um, no, I'm wearing shoes. I feel like you need the shoes to actually have, you know, the feeling that you are at work. So I'm not in slippers. I'm not in socks. I am tieless today, guys. We're all making our own decisions here about a tire. Yes. But I'm fully with you. And even when we are back one day at the New York Stock Exchange together, I will still be without a tie on Friday. Right, let, me ask you something. let me sorry, ask you something. Let me ask you two guys something. Do you think we'll ever go back? Yeah. Do you think, Carl? Yes. Okay, good. Because I miss it so much. Yeah. I was telling you, I just miss it. I miss yeah, I the camaraderie. We. We all do. Uh, it's uh, it's really it's beginning to wear. I, th- I think on us emotionally, the way the three of us react uh, to each other, uh, it's got to get repaired. Which Jim is is why this Georgia experiment's going to be so important. Uh, El Arian on Squawk this morning saying we're going to learn a lot right. in the next uh, few days about I, I clarify how safe yep. uh, people feel. I want to clarify for the confusion that I created was that I wanted to see what happens in Georgia, okay? Because I want to see. I mean, it's an experiment. I wouldn't have done it with Tattoo Parlor. I, I certainly wouldn't have done it with gyms because I eat your sweat and stuff. But I, I do want to see what happens. And I wouldn't approach it the way he is. The president, I think, first encouraged and then didn't. But I think all of us are kind of thinking, well, is there any hope here? Is there any hope that we can return to something normal? And maybe he's being premature. But I think a lot of us just want to go to the store and, you know, kind of. Yeah. Go to the store. I mean, what is that? You know, I used to go to the store all the time until the, the checker got COVID. Now I'm scared to get to the store. I know. Well, I never went to the store, but I'm with you guys, of course. Everybody wants to get back to work as quickly as possible. Uh, but, you know, it is that it is that balance that is so difficult to determine at this point in terms of opening the economy and keeping the virus at bay and or opening the economy and taking what comes because frankly the human suffering that will occur as a result of keeping this economy closed for a longer period of time will be greater than the suffering that occurs if in fact it is not open at the same time jim and carl the question becomes what will human behavior be with this virus out there? Will people really be willing to return to the activities that they had previous to when COVID was with us? And that no. remains very much unclear. And as I know, you know, uh, you believe as well, perhaps, Jim, true behavior is not going to return to what it was until there is a vaccine, to. which could be many, m- many months, right. maybe how, years. Away. How many restaurants can take half the tables out and still make money? Regardless how much the government gives, it's just not going to. That's a way of life. Now, Yum! Brands is a very positive, stimulating a return to growth UBS note. But that's the flip side of, of what happens to the regular restaurants. I had Rich Allison on last night from Domino's and he talked about he never wanted it to happen. But 
basically the destruction of regular pizza parlors where you sit down and have a pizza. They can't compete because they can't have the number of tables. So physical distancing is in many ways the death knell of restaurants the way uh, the mall's problems are the death knell of retail. And I think we have to recognize this wasn't supposed to happen. And it's not good. It's just going to accelerate. And it's bad. We should take a listen to what uh, Rich told you last night on Mad Money about uh, some of the logistical changes Domino's has made in the wake of the pandemic. Take a listen. We've taken 60 years worth of standard operating procedures and rewritten most of them in, in six weeks. And Contactless delivery is a big part of that, Uh, and the pizza pedestal is an innovation our team came up with so that when we bring you your food, we don't have to sit it on the ground or an unclean surface. You know, we're able to put it on top of a recyclable little pizza pedestal so you can take your food in a contactless way. You can't beat that. I mean, I, I... I had a, a I put boxes out for full day. I don't know who touched them, whatever. Domino's, I have total faith because this is in their DNA and the pizza pedestal is good. And I feel like I can bring it in my house and it's not going to cause some sort of pandemonium. And that's why DPZ is doing so well. I think that stock uh, the last since April began, the numbers are really good. Uh, the stock sold off yesterday, but that's because it's been up a lot. But Domino's has figured out a way to make it so that you don't have to have a pizza uh, wait on your doorstep for 20 24 hours, which, by the way, is not a great way to eat pizza. It kind of reminds no, me Jim, of it also um, speaks world to the- wrestling. Hmm? David, uh, WWE is up this morning uh, on a 60% jump in sales, but their CEO uh, says it will take several years for live attendance to return to uh, wow. pre-COVID levels. Also, Needham, Needham with this note saying that companies are calling WWE for best practices on talent safety protocols. I mean, these guys have been doing two to three live shows uh, per week for years, and um, uh, they have figured out in some ways, Laura Martin argues, how to keep their people safe. Well, Chipotle sure has. I mean, Chipotle had that problem with airborne uh, food, and they created another way to deal with uh, how their people interact with customers and interact with food. And it happens to be the perfect uh, way for uh, the era of COVID. And that's one of the reasons why they are doing so incredibly well. And I think the stock can go to 1,000. They've got it so that, again, I mean, I'm thinking about these places where if I go to them, I'm not worried versus a lot of other places where I go to them and I, I feel like I'm injecting risk. So, I mean, I think we're in like this era of what's risky and what's not. And a lot of these things are like what you never thought was risky before. And a lot of the companies that are the small, medium-sized business, they are the ones that require crowds to do well. And the antithesis of what we can have right now is a crowd. So think about all the things that's like, wow, that place is crowded. I get, not like it's so right. crowded, I don't want to go there. It's not Yogi Berra. But that place is crowded. As soon as you hear that it's crowded, well, you can't go there. I mean, this is incredible. It's yeah. the inverse of what retail's about, the inverse of what a restaurant's about. It's a terrible time. It's true. Um, at the same time, Jim, it's interesting listening to Mr. Allison at Domino's and thinking about the uh, amount of innovation that is going to take place at companies that are quickly adapting to what they believe will be the new behaviors that are going to be adapted by the general population. Business is going to lead here. Unfortunately, perhaps not small and medium-sized yet, although in certain areas they certainly might be able to. But innovation is taking place. It may result in lower profit margins for some period of time as a result of all the things companies need to do 
But they're going to do them. Uh, and they are beginning to already attack these problems as they perceive at least the world is what it will be like for a long period of time once so people right. are out of their homes. But, but the, and I know we got to go, but the airlines have not done a thing. They've not done anything. Everybody yeah. has to adapt. I want to go on a Think of something, Gary Kelly. Don't just stand there and take it. Yeah, well, and as Cowan says, uh, it's not just the airlines, it's the airports. Uh, people are going to need to feel safe uh, before they ever get to the gate and get on the, uh, the airlines' right. planes. We, we Guys, to, we'll take know, a break. We We're going to talk to Hans Vestberg. We have COVID distributors. They're called airports. Yeah. We'll get to uh, Verizon. We'll get to Amex. We'll get to Capital One, Intel, Google, Boeing, and a lot more when we come back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. president talked about uh, Georgia's reopening uh, yesterday at the briefing. Take a listen. I know a lot about economists, and the answer is they have no idea. I think I have as good an idea as anybody, and I think our economy will start to pick up very substantially as soon as the states get open, and that's happening as we speak, and it's actually very exciting, and uh, people are just, just thrilled to see it. Because our country has to get back to work. They want to get back to work. You see that, whether it's a demonstration or just in talking to people. They're going to get back to work, and they're going to get back to work very fast. We're going to talk to uh, the head of Equinox uh, later on this morning, Jim, um, who is not opening. We talked to another uh, restaurant owner yesterday who's not opening in Georgia. Uh, So it's going to be up to uh, the individual owners. I wonder what you would do right now if, uh, if Cuomo relaxed restrictions uh, what would you do with the, uh, your two restaurants? Uh, we're keeping both. We're, we're going to keep both open, the Longshoreman, the more expensive one in Red Hook. Uh, we're not sure what the plan is yet. Uh, I'm going to try to have a big Cinco de Mayo at uh, Bar San Miguel with uh, margarita boxes out front. We're going to try to do a lot of takeout. Uh, it, we hope it can cover our costs. I did not get a PPP loan. Uh, applied for it. That's OK. I don't want one now because then people say, oh, he mentioned on it. I don't know if I can get one. Fine. Uh, but I, I'm committed to opening a place no matter what. But the answer is no. I'm worried about droplets. I'm worried about uh, people not wearing masks. I think everyone should have to wear a mask, not for themselves, but because of others. And until everybody has a protocol, which does their absolute best, we pull out the tables, then I, I don't know how you do it. I mean, we're going to lose money. I can guarantee that. But I also know that we believe there'll be a vaccine within a year and a half. And we want to be the, the restaurants that survive. For, through that period, I know that's a longer term period in Wall Street. But when you're running a restaurant, it's only six years for Bar San Miguel. I want that place to survive. I want to be the only place open on that block 
a year and a half from now. So PPP loan, yes, if I got it, without it, I don't care. I think you have to take a longer-term view and say, I am here to win, and I'm going to sacrifice 18 months if I can get through it. And that's what you're going to have to do. It's too dangerous. So you really, even this week after Roche, uh, there was a Boston Consulting Group guest on Squawk today saying vaccines are a five-year process. You do not believe that. No, I don't. And I think that J&J is shortening that time. I I don't know exactly what we're going to get from from Pfizer, but Pfizer's very much involved. Moderna has already started human trials. Uh, Inovio, which I had on last night, started human trials. It's been the fastest ever was Ebola, I know, five years. But these are the these companies who would have thought we had an atomic bomb in the time we did. Who would have thought we we cured polio in the time we did? Nobody. So I'm saying I'm taking the other side of the trade of the five year plan. And I think that betting against an Alex Gorski right now is a big mistake. They're building plants to be able to have billions of doses. Why would you spend $250 million building plants if you had to wait five years? So maybe every one of those guys, maybe Pfizer's just idiots and J&Js are fools. I'm not betting against American science. It's been a sucker's bet. And the Chinese want to bet against us? Fine. But I'm a believer that a year and a half from now, we're going to have something that makes it so you're going to want to go to Bar San Miguel and actually go inside and have, okay, not a Corona, but a Modelo. Right. But it's it's uh, it's inconceivable to even imagine that we're going to be on lockdown for 18 months or two years or some parts of the population are, which is why it's so going to be so interesting and important to watch what happens in these states that do begin to open and what the behaviors are of people and the willingness to go out and start to actually engage in economic activity, right. uh, which we're sorely missing and, and see what they're willing to do. By the way, we come back to this time and again, Jim, but I think it's an important point, which is. There is certainly a greater hope that we will have antivirals available, not just the remdesivir, which, of course, remains very much uncertain in terms of whether it really is effective, but much earlier in course, something that would equate to sort of taking Tamiflu to make your symptoms of the flu so much easier to deal with. And then the question will become, will people be willing to feel like, okay, I'm all right to go out at the same time, that 21 percent rate that was cited by Governor Cuomo in New York yesterday in terms of potentially people who actually have been exposed to the virus. That is seen as a positive thing, because even though it's not near herd immunity, it's getting you closer to it. The virus will continue as well to mutate to a certain extent. But there are those who believe it actually will become less harmful. So there are a number of avenues you can go down to feel at least somewhat positive. That said, Come back to this overall theme, guys, which is we know so little. About I know so antibodies. Many can you get it again? Uh, fall really bad. But I got to tell you, there's going to be a class of people who feel a lot more immune than, than the rest of us. And if you get that antibody, I yeah. feel like you, you, you might even risk going to Liberty. Oh, boy, we all look forward to those days. I'll go anywhere. Anywhere you guys want to go. I'm there. Um, wherever. Uh, All right. right. You know what? We're going to have Hans Vestberg joining us a little later, guys. Of course, as you know, later in the show, uh, Verizon reported earnings today. It did change and lower its guidance for the year as a result, of course, of the current crisis. Uh, Hans Vestberg's on the company's conference call now, but he will join us in the second half of Squawk on the Streets. First hour, we got a lot more coming back right after this. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, 
Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at comcast.com slash project up. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Markets trying to string together a few days of gains here as the data comes in from German business confidence. Got UK, UK retail sales were weak, durables weak here. And University of Michigan at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Squawk in the Street. Time for a mad dash, and we will take you all the way to the opening bell. All right, here's a hint. It uh, has a $1.2 trillion market value, and its stock is down 6.4% for the year. Over to you, Jim. David, one of the things I've always loved about doing the mad dash with you is that Pretty much every quarter I talk about Katie Huberty, who's my favorite analyst on Apple. And she's at Morgan Stanley, and she has a point, a real good point here. She goes, it's set up well. Apple's set up well. What is she talking about? New product cycle, multiple five, new 5G launches coming. Uh, and she'll talk about it. She says something that I think a lot of people have to recognize. Apple can put through a mid to high single digit dividend increase. The companies that have been doing dividend increases are suddenly getting a lot more P.E. multiple juice than ones that can't. So I think that's going to factor in. Of course, Apple has a giant cash hoard. This is a, for the Apple. It's been cut number, cut number, cut number for ages from all the, the analysts. I like this call. I think Katie's going to be very right. Well, it's credit quality is certainly a lot better than that of probably the U.S. government at this point, isn't uh. it, Jim? Yeah, I mean, that's what someone asked me the other day, Jim, why do you like J&J so much? I said, name me, name me something else that's AAA besides batteries. I know. These, these companies that do are, are able to have a lot of cash on hand, obviously, and still generate a lot of cash are certainly right. going to be a continued focus given the, the difficult times that we're in and that are coming uh, still. And we've talked a lot about all the companies that have been able to shore up their balance sheets, however they can, have done it. In the case of Apple, they didn't really have to worry about that going into the crisis. No, they're not pulling down any revolver. Holy cow. No. I mean, how about these companies that pull down a revolver and they immediately cut their dividend, like Kohl's? David, I never took you to Kohl's shopping. I got no. news for you. No. I probably never will. Yeah, that's well, that gets back to the conversation we were having towards the top of the show, of course, yeah. with retail. Ugh. You know, it's not just J.C. Penny, Carl or Neiman Marcus or Macy's, which was reported to have hired Lazard to explore options for boosting its finances. Not, uh, you know, they have a lot of real estate there. And the gap yesterday, Carl, as well, oh. saying its current cash position may not be enough. It's it's a general issue throughout. Yeah. Liquidity, liquidity, liquidity yeah. versus Apple, the most liquid company on Earth. Yeah. yeah. I see uh, uh, Constellation uh, got some new financing, Caterpillar in a new revolver this morning. Uh, and then the loss provisions, David, over at Amex uh, this morning, $2.6 billion, uh, kind of puts to shame the $800 million of a year ago. Yeah, it puts in perspective the stress that people are going to be under and their expectations in terms of their ability to pay their bills, doesn't it? Uh, by the way, Verizon, again, we will talk to Hans Vestberg, uh, taking a larger provision for bad accounts. I mean, that's the world we're going to be in. You have, what, 20, 
how many million people? 26 million people without a job at this point. And obviously the benefits are okay right now. But the concern is that they are not going to be able to continue to pay their bills, important bills though they may be, whether credit card or even wireless phone. And, you know, David, well, I'll tell you something that's, I think, going to be frightening for this country. There's become almost a notion of voluntary pay. Uh, I've been reading about how most people don't think that uh, tenants are going to pay in May. You know, don't pay in May and go away. I mean, uh, they're just not going to pay. And there's nobody's going to kick them out. I mean, this is not that's not the typical American ways that don't pay your rent. But I, I, I'm hearing about it from many REITs, real estate investors trust. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm not, you know, my tenants aren't paying. Yeah. It, this isn't the way it's ever been before. Well, maybe in the 30s. Yeah. That's the, the second order effects that we're going to probably talk about in late summer and into the fall, Jim. There's the opening bell at the big board. It's Kevin McSpeeden, NYSE Assistant Chief Electrician at the NASDAQ, ringing remotely. It is DraftKings, which begins trading on the NASDAQ today, Jim. We didn't really talk about the draft last night given uh, the pressures, the issues facing the entire planet. But it is going to be a clue as to how we adapt uh, and try to get back some things that we've that we seem to have lost. Yeah, it's funny. It was almost like pointed the, the, the commercial, the advertisers really knew it. It was a Yum Brands piece today and uh, Yum was there well represented. I think that uh, it, it, there was just a, an electricity about having something that was live. Uh, and then the second is the Michael Jordan this weekend. I mean, we really crave sports in this country, and we forget, I think, that you put the game on when you go home, and that's gone. I mean, I think that's from time since, since radio started, you put the game on. Now, I have to tell you, uh, if we showed the wall, the green wall, people who, do, who are now tuning us into us that didn't tune in before, they say, what an unreal world Wall Street has. Look at that. Do they not know people are suffering? These are companies that are big and are not suffering nearly as much as the store that you have to go try and do some business with down the block if it's open. These are the companies that are the winners. They, they got to be public. And I think that people have to understand the small, medium-sized businesses are not on that wall. And we're not trading the pizza parlor. We're trading Domino's pizza. So I just want people to think, don't equate that with them. We're not heartless. These are the winners, for heaven's sake. No, I think I think viewers get that. And I think they understand I've been on Zoom. Uh, I'm ordering from Amazon. I'm using my iPad and I, you know, IT, communication services, healthcare. Uh, people are, are being reminded daily what a huge portion of the S&P those sectors are. Oh, you're right. I mean, tell I think one of the things we, we don't talk enough about, but you guys have, have kids that are going to schools, that whole world of, of school. I mean, can I just say these teachers are heroes? No one, no teacher signed up to run a Zoom class. I don't know who, these, te- these teachers are incredible. They have had to pivot entirely with why they even got into their profession. And no one ever says anything about them. But, I mean, congratulations, teachers, for figuring out how to run a Zoom class. I mean, unbelievable what's going on out there, how, how the improvisation in this country is terrific. And we don't talk about it because, well, it, it, we're so depressed about everything else, I guess. Yeah, no, there is there is there's a lot going on still that we're able to do. Of course, it's hard to imagine what it would have been like even ten years ago, even five. Um, yeah, what that we were be, able to do that's now a great that we point. might not have been. What would they be doing? How would you be teaching people ten years ago? What would they be doing? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Listen, it's far from ideal, by the way, for the students and the teachers. Everybody would much rather have 
their kids back in the classroom. It's an issue we've talked about. Listen, it does also have a lot to do with the overall economy. Once you open up the schools again, a lot of other things come along with that. By the way, again, I focus on our university system in this country, which is by far the finest in the world, and whether or not our universities are going to be able to open up again in the fall and the pressure they're going to be under, yet another constituency that's seeing significant reduction in revenues as a result of no summer sessions, as a result of foreign students who are usually full payers not being able to attend. So many students who are going to want to take gap years because they don't want to begin a freshman year, as you might imagine, uh, remotely. So that becomes an issue. The hospital system, getting that restarted with so many of our hospitals sitting somewhat empty and not taking elective surgeries right now. So many parts of our economy need to get back online, but how we're going to do it still remains very much unclear. Are you going to redshirt uh, your son? Because he's not going to be up there. Everyone's redshirted. Who knows? Everyone yeah. last night was probably yeah, going to be I redshirted. Don't, you, know. you know, everybody. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's interesting. Back to sports. We had Greg Maffei on yesterday, uh, Liberty Media. They own the Atlanta Braves. I mean, you know, baseball should be going on, usually in the background, but it's nice to have a right. game on. Will they really be able to have a season? It still remains, I think, some unclear. He, you know, the commissioner may have some sort of a plan. Maffei said this idea of Arizona doesn't seem to be, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but particularly likely, I guess, is what I would say after listening to him. Uh, you know, so many of these different sports that, that, that we're waiting on, including, of course, football, your first love, Jim, and oh, whether or not geez. those players that we watched get drafted last night are going to be able to take the field in the fall. It's just, it, I, I don't want to get myself down. I think a lot of people are, are trying to rally and find ways to be able to, to, to have a Zoom bra. I'm sure you guys are going How many Zoom cocktail parties are you invited to this weekend, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a bunch. I love the Onion headline last night saying that the Browns drafted first just out of habit. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff going on in sports. Hey, Jim, I, I wanted to ask you, it's been a crazy, crazy week for commodities. And this morning, Goldman's Jeff Curry has this note out. And I'll read uh, one line. We've entered the inflection phase where rebalancing has started. Uh, period could take four to eight weeks, they think. But given the nascent recoveries we're starting to see in Europe, I mean, does, does that make sense? At least for, for ag, they see the, w- the window being a little bit longer. But maybe for oil here. Uh, well, oil, Rusty Brazil put out uh, this amazing piece, RBN uh, Energy, describing exactly how uh, you could get to, to uh, minus 37. It's kind of interesting. But I think, I think that's right. I think there is going to be the rebalancing. Notice, by the way, Freeport uh, cut its, uh, its production uh, for copper. I, I've been waiting to see someone cut back. As companies cut back, at least we can have some, some support for commodity pricing, and we'd be a little bit less worried about deflation, which is something I'm concerned about, because we have pumped so much money, and we're still, prices are still coming down. It, it's really kind of amazing. I know, you know, that's interesting you say deflation, of course. I mean, if you read the, uh, the Elliott note, if you actually got through it from last week without wanting to just well, you know, not yeah. be around anymore. Uh, they still concerned that, you know, fiat currencies and inflation, it could come at any moment. Everybody could lose confidence and that will be the end of it. Not as much about deflation, Jim. Well, exactly what happened in Germany. I mean, it was deflation, deflation, deflation. And then one day it was hyperinflation. So I understand the Elliott model. Uh, I, I just am just shocked to see that uh, the commodity companies just kept pumping and pumping and pumping. And it's like they finally realized maybe they, maybe we're not going to get a V or maybe they didn't even think there was going to be anything. It's nice to see them at least adjust to the new world. A lot of companies are still trying to hold on to the old world. 
it's a bad model. I see. Uh, I see Whiting's got some uh, is on the tape right now talking about exiting Chapter 11 in five months. So we're already getting uh, some of those headlines crossing. Jim, the other thing uh, is um, guidance and the small sample of mostly chip companies that are, in fact, giving you at least a broad range, Texan, Seagate, Xilinx, and now Intel, who we're going to talk to later on this morning. Jeez, well, uh, yeah, talk to Bob Swan about the fact that he it, it was positive on the data center. It, it was positive on the PC. Okay, mobile, I not. And then he, he somehow managed, and I happen to like Bob very much, but he somehow managed to turn the call into a call that, that made people want to sell. And I would sometimes like to just be a call empresario, because just like with Target yesterday, I would have liked to have spun that entirely differently. The fact is that Intel is doing very well. And when you see what Lisa Sue has to say, she doesn't have this mobile eye auto. Lisa Sue is going to be able to say, listen, what we do is we have more competitive product, we have more product that people want, and that stock's going to go up. And if, in, if AMD goes down on Intel, that's the time to buy AMD. Bob's got to get more. He just didn't handle that call right. And he's such a good guy. But he made it sound like that there's something wrong at Intel. And there really isn't. It's doing very well. Huh. That's, that, that's kind of like what you said about Cornell and Target yesterday. Oh, jeez. I, I wanted to give him, I mean, I happen to like him very much. But, you know, here you've got a model. It's up 275% in digital. And you're going to figure out how to be able to sell apparel. And, and, and he's killing it in his neighborhoods. He's doing such a great job. And somehow the narrative came out that he's under margin pressure. I, that was such a buy. I mean, I was like, buy. I'm screaming at the set. Buy, buy, buy. I mean, people are selling Target. This thing's next destination is 110. But, you know, the, the, even the CEOs, I think, are like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. T-shirts. You know. I mean, these guys, look, I want to go in there and just give them a shot of B12 or something. Hey, how we doing? Well, we're not as good as selling these potato chips. We're selling. It's not easy, man. It's not easy. Conducting a conference call from your house and your basement. You know, but you've got to pretend you're coming through the tunnel. There isn't cleaning the toilets every other day. I I mean, who wants to be doing all that stuff? Well, not me. I don't know. But you got to be a little more jacked. Yeah. I mean, you come on these calls and you're not um, jacked. It's like yeah. this is the NFL, for heaven's sake. Don't come on and make me feel that I'm that you're doing badly. Show some enthusiasm, for heaven's sake. This is your moment. Well, you know, you only got uh, four games a year. With, we got the Nasdaq comp only down five point one percent for the year. Of course, it has been led. You mentioned Apple earlier and Katie Huberty. Uh, Alphabet, Amazon, Netflix, certainly, your old fang. Uh, this morning, though, I do notice a little bit of weakness in both uh, Alphabet and Facebook. Of course, we've talked oftentimes about the reliance that they have on small and medium-sized businesses amongst their advertisers, right. obviously large corporations as well, and whether they're going to see a significant uh, uh, deterioration in the ability of those customers to spend. That said, Jim, I don't know if you've run into this, but the Google decision to stop hiring and start cutting expenses There is at least a cohort of investors there who are sort of like, what are the real margins at the search business? We may actually see what they really are. This could be even more profitable than we ever thought because they're for the first time going to actually cut. Even during the financial crisis, Google was hiring. So this is unusual. I thought this is so great. When you go to a Google facility, I mean, it's kind of like. 
wow, I always wanted to belong to a really nice country club. I can't believe the amenities. Uh, it, Google, it, it's time for Google to act like all the other companies and, and be a little more Spartan. I think Google's uh, a fantastic, my charitable trust owns, it's been a huge win. But they, and I love Ruth Porat, and she knows that. I'm right, you know, I just think she's great, CFO. But you know what, it would be great to see what it's like if, if you did cut a, a few expenses. I mean, you don't have to live like a king. A company, Facebook, by the way, is up huge off of the India buy. David, you didn't even mention that. Well, and and, no, and by the way, uh, no. what got lost in the the news this week, David, uh, regarding Alphabet, is this blog in which advertisers are going to have to start to disclose a lot of information about themselves in order to place an ad, and that information is going to be visible to people on the site. We'll just you know, you'll see an ad, and you'll be like, "Who are those guys?" That was a big sea change in the disclosure that Google is going to be making. Yeah, uh, a, a lot more transparency. And I'm glad you mentioned it, Carl, because so many stories, so many things that we would otherwise have spent a lot of time discussing and, and focused on in terms of their importance kind of go through the week here and you can barely get to them. But you're right. That's an important change for them. It will be interesting to see what the response is, both from the advertisers and obviously the, uh, the, the, the people who are using the service. David, do you think that uh, Google's going to bid for Sunday Night Football? I don't know, Jim. I think, you know, there had been a belief that ABC, part of Disney, right. would certainly be uh, be involved there. Um, we were very focused on the NFL rights prior to the crisis uh, because of the likes of could Viacom, uh, you know, have the financial wherewithal. Right. What about Fox? There's so many different questions there. Um, I don't know whether or not they actually would step up for it. The feeling had been prior to this that probably not. Yeah. Um, my but, uh, you know, it, it's hard to. Yeah, it, it's right. difficult to say. And, and, and at this point, obviously, we watched the draft last night. But, you know, they they haven't moved forward with those with those negotiations. No. I know that there had been hope in, in some parts, certainly at Viacom, to get them done as quickly as possible, trying to put that question right. aside for them and say, hey, we got it done. Look at that. David, you know, how long it's been since you mentioned Viacom. Remember, you yeah, put, remember you put the kibosh time. on it at 30 it, that's not a two for one split, David. That's a that's a uh, no. uh, you backish that. <laughs> By the way, that's a, it's in the uh, Oxford yeah. English Dictionary now. Backish. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It means it's David. Kai Listen, Bosch it's only down sixty. Oh, there's a good chart. That's like when you're coming down. off a of K two the wrong way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, David. it's only down sixty two percent. It's actually <laughs> bounced well off the bottom. Oh so, yeah. You know, it's got that going for it. Super, Dave. Super. I daved you. I haven't daved you in ages. <laughs> You haven't, you haven't Daved me in a while. Super Dave. Remember that guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Super Dave Osborne, the best. Are you kidding me? All right, we've uh, had that fun. That was great. Uh, Jim, yep. we, we, haven't, we haven't touched on Boeing. Uh, Bloomberg saying uh, they're pacing for layoffs next week, uh, cut in 787 production. And then the journal today uh, that uh, the virus is delaying yeah. the uh, approval process for the max. Well, Dave Portnoy, that noted analyst, had the best thing to say about it last night on Missy Lee's show. It's, she want, He wants to pu- punch Boeing in the face. <laughs> David Portnoy, he's, you don't know. Punch Boeing in the face? Well, no, he's saying if it were a person. Um, no, he, like, Boeing's a yeah. tough stock to own is what I think Portnoy. You don't know Portnoy's work. He's an intelligent investor. He's a, a Buffett, an acolyte. David, you know, Barstool. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, no, I know. He's the guy who rated your pizza. You got a really high rating. And, and that's why we're staying in I mean, business, David. Honest. We're going to be a parlor. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, it's nice to laugh. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to talk to Hans Vestberg after this break. Of course, Verizon reporting earnings this morning did lower its guidance. Let's hear what Mr. Vestberg has to say, not just about guidance and the virus, but uh, the new normal as well. We're back after this. Jim, we're going to shuffle some things around here as we wait for Hans Vestberg in a few moments. And let's do it uh, up on Mad tonight first. Okay, uh, the stock that has been one of the most talked about stocks this spark is Nordic American Tanker. Largest company to store oil. Uh, Herb Jordan Hansen, been a while for him. And then Impossible Foods. Why them? Take a look at Beyond Meat. It's up 30 straight points. Airport next week because the food chain in our country is being destroyed, except for when it comes to plants. So there you go. Something's doing well in this country. Plants. Dave. All right. That's a good one, All right, Jim. Yeah, food supply is a huge story. Thank you, We will Paul. take Thank a break. You, we are going to talk to, all right, we'll see you soon, Jim. Hans Vestberg of Verizon on their earnings and their guidance in a few moments. Jim, we mentioned uh, Zoom video a few moments ago. It is going to join the NASDAQ 100 with a market cap of almost $50 billion. It would make it bigger than Micron, bigger than Biogen, bigger than CSX. Put it in the top third of the index, uh, which a while ago it wouldn't have been. In, it would have been in the bottom fifth. Three hundred million customers. Uh, maybe some upset because of the uh, encryption problems. They have Chinese servers. Uh, but Eric Yuan, he runs the company right as as if it's his own company. I invited him to our boozy brunch last Sunday. It was it was just meant to be kind of one of those not to be accepted. He said, "Sure, I'll come." I mean, this man is one of the great proselytizers for a great company. I do love Zoom. I love what he's doing. He's enabling schools to be schools. Got to hand it to the guy. Good prices, so, too, and, if you keep so for those who ask, for, So for those who want to look way ahead, obviously, and imagine what happens to the stock if a vaccine shows promise, I mean, you, you're, the, the, the thesis here is that we're not going to roll back entirely uh, the progress this company's made. People hate commuting. Uh, there are a lot of a lot of kids who can't go to school at the same time as others. Uh, the prices are very inexpensive. I think it just becomes, to me, a uh, necessity. David? Um, actually, a good place to, uh, to discuss uh, Verizon, given uh, everybody working remotely and uh, using, of course, their Internet connections, broadband and their wireless uh, phones. Let's bring in Hans Vestberg. He's become a fairly frequent contributor to the program over these last few tough weeks, and we're very happy about that and happy to have you back, uh, Hans, after the company reported its uh, earnings. Uh, I do want to start off with your outlook and guidance. It's something I'd sort of asked you about in the previous conversations we've had. You're finally able to share it. You did lower your, your, um, your expected adjusted EPS growth this year to now what could be negative two to as much as 2%. And you basically cited significant headwinds prevailing through second quarter 2020. Give us some specifics as to what those significant headwinds that Verizon is facing are. Uh, so first of all, I think we had a, a really solid quarter given the COVID-19. We had a growth of our earnings per share by 5%, which included also increase uh, a big increase of uh, bad debt with almost four cents so it, it was a good quarter and the, and the cash flow was up 26 percent but when we look into the second quarter and we actually uh, uh, framed up the last four weeks what has happened 
of course, there are some sort of things that are inflected by ourselves. We, we have the Keep America Connected, meaning that we're not disconnecting any customer that has impacted by the COVID-19, if they are cus- or consumers or, or SMBs. And that means, of course, we have some customers that uh, in this moment are not able to pay and we're not disconnecting them. That doesn't mean that we are finding plans right. to work with them. That's impacting. Roaming charges, of course, going down. There's nobody traveling. And of, uh, we also have a, a lower handset or hardware business at this moment because uh, our customers are buying less of hardware. That is uh, making an impact in the second quarter right now. Uh, what we're encouraged of is that with the last week, we have seen a good payment structure from our customer that has improved. We saw it coming down in, in the beginning of the pandemic. And now we see a little bit better uh, payments uh, from those customers that are impacted by COVID-19. But it's a little bit too early to say, and that's why we, we wanted to continue to have guidance uh, to as a transparent to our, customer, to our shareholders in a time where there's so much uncertainty. So we moved down a little bit on our EPS guidance, but with a lot of color what we're seeing right now. Right. And you you said on the call as well, Hans, that you will know more as we all will over the next 90 days and be able to report back at your next quarter in terms of the health of your uh, of your customer base and how many are actually able to pay their bills. You're hoping, I guess, we get clarity in these next 90 days. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, that we will definitely know more than next 90 days. But at the same time, we have a service that is so important uh, for this country at the moment for our all our customers. They are relying having broadband work from home or education from home or connecting in different ways. So long term, we, we take the right decisions short term. That might be a little bit painful, but long term, we will come stronger out from this. And I think our customers are feeling that we are flexible and working with them. So uh, we're going to know more about that going forward. But I think that for Verizon, uh, we are coming out stronger from this. Right. Now, you did increase your CapEx guidance in the quarter because, as you said, you felt it was a good time to continuously have a robust network as you went into this difficult time. Um, But I am curious as well about the rollout of 5G. We came into this year expecting it would be a significant cycle uh, that you would get a lot of permitting to get cell sites in place. And obviously that the devices themselves would begin to be on sale. Has that upgrade cycle and has that 5G cycle slowed? I know AT&T told us they were having some permitting problems. No, actually not. I mean, we divided our team very early on. One team working with a crisis, one team working with business as usual, rolling out networks, attending our customers, and one team working on the new normal. What, how will we operate when the pandemic is over? So on the second prong, I mean, so far uh, we are uh, on plan with our 5G, of the deployment on 5G nationwide, our cities, and how many radio-based stations we want to do, as well as on our fiber rollout. Our team has found innovative ways to work with the digital permitting with municipalities to continue to do it. And we have very good uh, sort of connections with our supply chain that is intact at this moment. So, uh, so far, we haven't uh, any problems. We're on plan. There might be problems because we don't, there's a lot of unknown out there. But I have a lot of confidence in my team that they will continue to execute. And on the handset side, we said it's going to be some 20 devices of 5G this year coming out with millimeter wave. So far, we have launched three of them. uh, And we believe uh, we're on plan to continue to release the other 17 this year. So we're still on plan with, of course, challenges, but we're not letting that go. We think it's time uh, and it's of essence here and our customers 
is really needing 5G and the capacity that will give them as well. Hans, when companies used to combine in the telco space, and there used to be so many cell phone companies, there was always the moment for the superior operator to go in and convince the new, uh, let's say, the acquired company people, their customers, don't go with, the, in this case, T-Mobile. Go with us because it's that moment when you can grab them. What are you doing to try to get those Sprint customers to go to you and not T-Mobile? I think we have developed the last two years since we launched Unlimited a very flexible model with mix and match. We have different unlimited uh, uh, offerings. We have uh, Visible, which is an all digital brand. We have Yahoo Mobile. We work with TrackPhone. So I think that regardless where customer needs to end up, we will have the service for them. Uh, so we feel really good about our service. And up to we, our, our store closures, we had a good progress on, uh, on the writing new customers. But uh, we put the priority on our employees very early on. And we reduced our footprint on stores dramatically down to 30% and, and smaller footprint. So I would say we had a good momentum coming into this year. Uh, and we ran all the way up to the pandemic very well. Now we are revamping that, of course, with a digital channel with our customers. Uh, so I, I feel good about how we can compete in this market with the offerings we have and the network we have. And let me ask you another offering. I have a, I, I'm a Comcast customer, and, uh, but I also have Fios. And I'm always surprised that you don't do more with Fios. Once again, you have that kind of smaller uh, gains each quarter. And why don't you just why don't you go for broke with Fios? So first of all, we, we have our limited franchise on on, uh, uh, on Fios where we can deploy Fios, which we're doing. And uh, I have to say we had the same precaution here with our employees. And we, we, we started somewhere in the middle of March to not go into home uh, to do installation. On the other hand, our team have now innovated so we can actually install Fios in a box, meaning that the customer, we never need to go into the customer premises. At the same time, we have a, a digital a- agent that can help the customer to install. So we are now ramping up to come back to the same volumes of installation without going on to the home. This is the benefits of, of this pandemic because you need to innovate. And our frontline uh, employees are, 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 are fantastic to find these ways of actually innovate them. So we're going to continue to push for Fios in the footprint we are. And I think uh, or we know that that's the best broadband service in the country. We will continue to serve our customers and continue to expand the footprint uh, in the footprint we have. Yeah, Fios in a box, of course. We were talking earlier on the program about innovation, and that's certainly an example of it, Hans. I want to come back to 5G, though. I understand you're getting the permitting. You're, you're doing what you need to do, spending the money you need to. But the handset question, I mean, people can't go to the stores and buy them. It's not clear where Apple's really going to be in terms of the transition. I don't, I don't understand why you're so confident that people are actually going to upgrade, especially given the economic uh, 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 pressures that people are under as well. As we said, we don't really know where the second half of this year will end up. So, of course, some of your comments might be relevant. But I think also that uh, uh, when we see the improvements and the performance improvements on, on 5G, I think that people will actually want that. And uh, we also uh, have an opportunity to do a digital channel. We already see right now that our customers are start buying uh, phones and upgrades digitally and that's the new normal so that means that we also have means to actually handle this so 
Uh, I, I'm as confident as I can be at this moment, of course, with uncertainty of the second half. But uh, right now we're executing on the plan as it would be a, 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 a almost normal second half when it comes to handset technology and uses of our network. Right. Well, that's a hope there. Finally, Hans, you've mentioned the new normal a number of times. So what are you doing to sort of prepare for the environment that we're going to all inhabit once we get, so to speak, on the other side of this virus? I mean, what's going to be different that's going to stay different for Verizon and its customers and its employees? I think we're going to see a a lot of new products that are geared for working from home, uh, telemedicine, education from home. In a time that would uh, be impossible, will now be b- broken down the way we're working in our office, etc. So that will continue uh, in the new normal. So, uh, and we are catering for new products, but ultimately, mobility, broadband, and cloud services will be essential in the infrastructure that we have in the new normal. Yeah. And uh, last question, Hans, you know, just on advertising, you do have some visibility into it given your media businesses. It's not particularly good. I know you, you, you indicated that. What are your expectations there in terms of advertising, both as a huge spender when you market uh, and as, of course, what you're seeing coming in for your media businesses? Uh, we saw in the last four weeks that we measure a, a downturn on the, the digital advertising for obvious reasons. Uh, advertisers don't want to do it. So we're probably going to see that for a while as this pandemic is overshadowing everything else, which is right and it should, you should do in these times. On the other hand, we have seen an enormous uptick on our media uh, media asset when it comes to usage of Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Sports uh, and uh, our Yahoo News. So we have much more engagement uh, a good basis for going forward when you come out from this, but clearly uh, a downturn now. Yeah. Hans, always appreciate your taking time and very much happy that you've been able to uh, share your insights with us over these last very difficult uh, weeks. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Hans Vestberg, Chairman and CEO of Verizon. Carl? All right, David. Um our thanks to Jim. Hope he has a good weekend. We'll see him tonight on Mad Money. SP has gone red. Impromptu boozy party. What do you guys ah. say? Zoom. <laughs> Two o'clock. We'll wait for the invite. Sure. Jim. Two o'clock uh, tomorrow. I'm going to do one. Just drop by. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGM, a leading global asset manager.